The chefs are best friend duo Daniel Holzman and Michael Chernow of the incredibly delicious restaurant, The Meatball Shop. The dish is the ultimate chicken meatball and honey roasted carrots. And this is Cook Tracks. I'm Rach, Rachel Ray, and you're listening to Cook Tracks. It's a brand new, super cool way to cook. Each episode will be right alongside you. Well, kind of, we'll be in your ear, taking you step-by-step through a dish or a meal in real time. We'll be adding a little pinch of tips, tricks, and fun stories to keep you guys entertained and up your cooking game. Needless to say, we've got your back in the kitchen. I mean it, guys. You literally don't have to worry about a thing. I'm going to keep you on track with my buddy, Cappy. Think of him as our kind of play-by-play announcer for the cook-along. And since not all stoves are created equal, boy, do I know that. If you guys get a little caught up, just hit pause. You don't have to read a recipe, and it isn't rocket science. This is not something you're supposed to take seriously. We want you guys to have fun. Follow along, and at the end of each episode, we'll have made a dish or a meal from start to finish together. Gather up your ingredients, pour yourself a drink or a cup of tea, and turn your volume up to 11. This is Cook Tracks. Take it away, Cap. Hey everyone, it's Cappy. The episode you're about to hear was recorded as part of a virtual live at home series produced by the Food Network and Cooking Channel, New York City Wine and Food Festival. I was honored to moderate over 30 of these classes with some of the world's greatest chefs and culinary personalities. And now they're available to you right here on Cook Tracks. You can find all the ingredients and equipment you need to cook along right here in your podcast player or on our website, cooktracks.com. We hope you're ready to have some fun. And remember, some of these chefs follow these recipes to a T while others cook from the heart and use the recipe as a guide. I want to mention that all proceeds raised from the series benefited a restaurant employee relief fund, No Kid Hungry, and Food Bank for New York City. To learn more about the At Home series, go to nycwff.org backslash at home. We appreciate all of your support. Thank you and enjoy this episode. Just wanted to brag a little bit about our special guests today, Dan Holtzman and Michael Chernow. Um, two incredibly talented people, hilarious people. We'll get some you know, good banter going back and forth between the two, I'm sure. Um, they've been, they, they were childhood friends, these two. How's that? They have the meatball shop, the original one on New York City's Lower East Side, as I'm sure you all know. Um, there's about five of those meatball shops now. There's a cookbook, there's products. Pick up that meatball shop red sauce, everybody. If you're on the East Coast, Fresh Direct, Whole Foods, it's the real deal. Um, Dan is a talented photographer. Check out his Instagram. He's worked in some other great food ventures. Uh, Michael, family man, definitely has at least one more pack of abs than I do. Um, and aside from the meatball shop, he has multiple Seymour's restaurants, which is a uh, seafood concept. If you haven't been, you must check it out. Um, here's how this is going to roll today, everyone. Uh, since the chefs are in two different places, we're going to start with Michael. Um, he's going to get his dish going. He's going to throw it over to Dan. We'll do a little back and forth and, uh, we'll have some delicious dinner on the table in no time. So Dan, Michael, we all ready to rock and roll? Let's do this. And if you came with your chicken already ground, that is a okay. Um, so let's start with Michael. Michael, you want to do a little roll call of ingredients, take us through what everyone should have in front of them. And then we'll give a little 30 second stop down if anyone needs to run to the pantry or the refrigerator. Absolutely. What up guys? 
Uh, thank you all for tuning in. I am incredibly fired up to be here with you guys and for an amazing cause, because as we all know, COVID is tough situation for everybody globally. Um, and New York restaurateurs and restaurant goers are uh, suffering on both sides. So this is a, an incredible opportunity to connect with people uh, outside of the restaurant in this time. And I'm super pumped to be here. Um, real quick about this dish. So Daniel and I started the meatball shop a little over 10 years ago. Uh, and we cooked an enormous amount of food. Um, this honey carrot dish, I think think was the, the first side dish that we actually put out in the restaurant. Um, and it, it's just near and dear to my heart. It is a very, very simple uh, recipe, however, incredibly delicious. So I highly recommend you make this part of your regular repertoire. You will be impressing friends uh, and family forever with this dish. And it's so simple. All right. So first things first. Carrots. I did a couple of, I did, you know, multicolored carrots just because it looks pretty. Um, but you want to have something like eight carrots cut into three inch by one inch pieces, just like this, right? You want to peel them and you want to cut them into three inch by one inch pieces. You want to have some olive oil here. You want to have some cut prunes, seeded prunes, okay? You want to have a little handy salt. Uh, you want to have a couple of bowls. So I've got a small bowl here. This is going to be where I mix my honey and my warm water, which we'll get to very quickly. I'm then going to quickly rinse this out. And then I'm going to make the topping after Dan does his meatballs. Uh, the topping is going to be a mix of prunes, a mix of chopped mint and walnuts. Okay. We got a little squeeze of lemon for that as well. So we've got carrots, we've got prunes, we've got walnuts, we've got mint, lemon, olive oil, and honey. It's pretty darn simple, all right? Uh, you guys ready to go? I'm taking that as a yes. So first things first, we've got our carrots in a big mixing bowl, all right? We've got a quarter cup of olive oil here that we're just gonna pour right into this bowl, all right? We're gonna take something like a teaspoon of salt, but you can just do like three pinches. That's what I like to do. Two to three pinches, depending on how you like it. Then, we're just gonna mix these. You wanna get your, you wanna get your carrots completely coated, all right? You want everything to be coated, really, really nice. Doesn't take much time at all. You can do it with your hand. You can do it with a spoon. You can do it however you like, but you want to get them coated. All right. Then what you're going to do here is I've got a roasting tray that I am going to pour these carrots into. There, that's easier to see. I'm going to pour these carrots into this roasting tray. Um, and also, which I forgot to say, I've got my oven preheated at 450 degrees, all right? 450 degrees, that's how I like to cook my veggies, nice and hot, so you get that caramelization because that's what you're ultimately looking for. You're looking for the caramelization. Any vegetable that you throw into the oven with olive oil and salt at a high temperature is gonna draw the sugar out of the vegetable, 
and make any vegetable incredibly delicious. Uh, specifically carrots, because there is a high sugar content in carrots, and, uh, and you certainly want them to have that high sugar content. All right, so now that we got our carrots in here. Hey, Michael, good, good, amount, of people, good amount of people cooking along, looking really good. A couple, a question really quick. Um, any substitute yeah. you would suggest for prunes and or mint? Yeah, I mean, you can do raisins. Um, you can do really sort of a, a, any real dried currant or raisins or prune. Um, you can do dates if you want. I mean, there, there's prune. We like prune because it's this is an early sort of sweet dish uh, because you have the honey and the carrots, which tend to be sweet. The prunes are not like overly sweet. So they have a, a bit of a mild flavor profile as compared to like raisins and dates. Um, so we like the texture of prunes and you can get that texture with raisins or dates. However, the prunes are not as sweet. And so that's sort of why we like doing prunes. Um, why are people like, what you got? What's up with prunes? Yeah. What did prunes ever do to you? <laughs> yeah, right. I know. Um, also for everybody, I think there's a couple questions coming in about using a baking sheet or a cookie sheet instead of a roasting pan. I'm guessing that's okay too. Yes. A hundred percent. You can use any kind of sheet that you can spread. The goal is just to, to get the carrots spread out evenly so that they're not all clumped together. You want to spread out evenly, ideally, so that they all have a little bit of elbow room around them. But nobody's shooting for perfection here. So like throw them in a, in a baking tray and, and just make sure they're covered in olive oil and salt. All right. Um, next step here. So we are going to make the honey mixture, okay? I've got a half a cup of honey measured out. That's a lot of honey. But you know what they say about honey. You got the honey, you get the money. That's the Daniel Holzman original. Right, Danny boy? Are you using my pickup line? <laughs> All right, so... What I'm going to do now also is because I have my little half cup, half, half, half cup measuring cup here, I'm going to take some warm water that I've already pre-warmed up and I'm going to pour it right into my half cup measuring cup out of my tea kettle. So you got a half a cup of hot water and honey. Boom. That simple. You've got your spoon and you're just going to mix this up until it's completely incorporated. And that's going to happen pretty, pretty quickly. Um, this is, uh, I'm just going to go out there and say this. I have nothing to do with this recipe. This is Daniel Holzman, 100,000 million percent. Um, you know, when Dan and I were, were coming up with the meatball shop concept, Dan is the executive chef of the concept, and I was just his biggest ball breaker. Um, no pun intended. You know, we, we cooked so many different dishes, and, uh, you know, even though he was a chef, he definitely allowed me to throw my input in there, and I made his life miserable for about eight months. Um, specifically on our tomato sauce. I mean, I, I'm surprised that he even still is uh, talking to me based on that potato sauce situation. 
All right, so we've got our honey mixture, and as you can see, it's completely incorporated. There's no honey here at the bottom of this bowl. Can you guys see into my bowl? Can you see into my bowl? Um, we're gonna come back here, and we've got our carrots, and uh, we are going to simply drizzle this all over the carrots. See if I can give you guys a better view here. Just like this. Honey, carrots, incredibly, incredibly delicious. So you're gonna see that there's liquid on the bottom of this dish, of this baking tray. That's okay, you kind of want that. That liquid, as you can see, is going to, is going to let you um, or, or, or allow you to see when these carrots are, are almost done because they are gonna be done when that liquid has evaporated, all right? Um, so the next thing we're gonna do here, we've got our carrots that have been dressed with olive oil and salt. They've been drizzled with honey. Our, our oven is preheated at 450 degrees. Uh, if you have a fancy oven on convection, and uh, we're gonna pop these bad boys right into the oven um, and uh, let them rock for about 30 to 40 minutes, depending on what they look like. Um, and while that's happening, I am gonna kick the mic over to my best man, the best man at my wedding, actually, Mr. Chef Daniel Holzman. Thank you so much for that, Michael. Dan, how you how you hanging over there? Looking all right? I'm feeling pretty exciting, excited. My kitchen smells amazing already. How are you doing? We're doing well, we're doing well. You wanna tell us for, for the meatball action, what should everyone have in front of them? We'll do a little roll call of ingredients. I see some beautiful eggs. You must be on the West Coast. That, um, that carrot recipe was one of the first recipes that we served as a special at the meatball shop. It was for a Passover dinner. And we said, we need to have some, some Passover food. And there's a classic carrot dish that I always felt was not the most delicious at Passover meals. And that was our Italian take on the classic kind of like carrot cooked with honey and uh, walnuts and prunes. I absolutely love that dish. And you know, if you don't have mint or if you only have almonds, it also works with any root vegetable. It's just kind of like a classic go-to for me whenever I have um, uh, uh, whenever I have root vegetables that I want to kind of like spice up and make special. So these chicken meatballs were one of the original four meatballs on the meatball shop menu, and you know they were a sleeper hit um, because there's a ton of flavor, and chicken is often an overlooked uh, overlooked ingredient when it comes to making you know a meatball. People think they think veal they think beef obviously but chicken you know a lot of people make turkey meatballs chicken meatballs can be very moist and very delicious um what you should have in front of you uh is some uh, uh, uh ground chicken preferably thigh and we can talk more about that in the grind um a couple of eggs you should have bread crumbs parsley that's been chopped um, a dry white wine, and this would be a great time to, to, to um, pour yourself a glass. I personally, you know, live by the mantra, if you wouldn't drink it, you shouldn't put in your meatballs. And then if you go a little further and say, if it's not really good enough to drink, 
add a little cassis and then you can drink it because you could drink anything if you had cassis, which is what I did here. I can tell you're all in for all. I'll keep on talking. Um, and then some ground fennel seed and freshly ground pepper. Um, did, did, when I sent the recipe through, did I ask for garlic as well? Because, you know, I, I don't remember whether I specifically said garlic. If you have some garlic, that's a great thing to add. There's a classic combination in Italy, which is um, uh, fennel seed, white wine, garlic, black pepper. And that's kind of like the flavor of an Italian sausage. I love that sweet Italian sausage, uh, classic pairing combination. So if you have some garlic, awesome, throw it in. And if not, it's going to be delicious either way. Um, in so Dan, if, if someone ha if someone does have garlic at home, by the way, if, if you're cooking along at home, don't you don't have to run around like crazy and sweat it. You know, it's all good. Um, if you have garlic, great. How much garlic and how should they prepare it? Um, if you if you have some garlic, you know what what I like to do. Uh, the easiest way for me to 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 explain it would be just to demonstrate. I think it's um it's basically. You know, garlic can be a bit of a pain, but if you give it a little, a little crush, take out a big clove, take the side of your knife and, knife and really carefully so you don't cut yourself, give it a little smash oleo, and you'll see that the, the, the skin just, it just peels right off. I mean, it's just so easy. You don't want any big chunks in there. One of the easiest ways to kind of make sure that you, you, you you're going to, you're going to incorporate the garlic is I give it a little kind of rough chop just very, very quickly and, and easily. And then I'll take a, a nice healthy pinch of kosher salt. Um, and I'll put it right over the top of the garlic and I'll use the side of my knife just to kind of grate and mash. Now, if you've got one of those garlic presses, those are awesome tools and they work really well. The thing about kosher salt is almost like sandpaper. You can see that it just mashes the garlic up really, really quickly. You can use a small frying pan to do this. A mortar and pestle is a great tool. Um, I wouldn't really use my, my, my kitchen, my, you know, my, my mixer for this because it, it's just kind of dirtying a big mixer for a, for a small job. It's just like that, you kind of have a garlic that's going to incorporate really, really easily into anything. So if you have that, throw it right in. Um, in, in my case, you know, uh, I'm making a little bit of a bigger mix of meatballs. because I've got a big family to feed and we're feeding our neighbors out here. Um, folks that aren't feeling as comfortable going to the uh, market on their own. So, you know, I'm, I'm making a little bit of a bigger batch. The, the great thing about a meatball is if you can just remember that for every pound of, of meat, you put one egg, a half a cup of breadcrumbs, and, um, and a teaspoon of salt, you're gonna get a perfect meatball every time. People scale that recipe up. So you say, I wanna make a ton of meatballs, use five pounds, five eggs, you know, two and a half cups of, of, uh, of, uh, of breadcrumbs, five teaspoons of salt. And then the flavoring, you know, if you have a little more parsley or a little less, it's not gonna hurt, it's not gonna hurt anybody, it's still gonna be delicious. Dan, I, can I just say something? What do you got? I'm so, Stoked that you're using the knife that I bought for you. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. You know, Daniel Holzman, my best friend, has never bought me a gift in my life. I don't even think for my wedding. 
However, I, got, I flew to Norway or Denmark. <laughs> I don't even think the guy got me a wedding gift. However, every time I go to his house, I see just gift after gift that I've given him. And, and that knife, that knife, it's a good knife. It's not a good night. You know what? You know what I'm turning uh, in uh, in October. October. What is that? Nineteenth. The forty years old. <laughs> Close. First. Forty one. Hey, twenty first. There he goes. He's got it. After uh, what is it? Uh, I don't know. Twenty nine years that we know each other. All right. Get back to the ball, Michael. What kind of knife is that? That is a Ninoki. Uh, what is it? A Ninoki. A Ninoki. It's from a, a store called Corin. Um, downtown New York, it's the, they just have the best Japanese knives. You know, look, I, I'm a big fan of using inexpensive knives. I feel like they work really well. Um, every butcher in the world uses, you know, Victoria Knox knives. They, they're just great. But um, a great Japanese knife is a, is a beautiful thing to work with. And it fits in your hand and it's a work of art that'll last you your whole life. The nice thing about me- I have the same knife. I bought it for myself after I bought it for him. It's a beautiful really? knife. I did. Look at these eggs. They come in all different colors. California is just a dream place to be. I've got, I've got, you know, I've got my, my chicken meat. I've got my parsley chopped up. We threw in the garlic. We have our salt. I threw in my salt. We've got our eggs going in. And then I've got our breadcrumbs. And a lot of people ask, you know, do you use seasoned breadcrumbs? Do you use plain breadcrumbs? And the answer is, I grew up, my mom always used Italian style breadcrumbs and they work great. Uh, and often I'll use Italian style breadcrumbs in my meatballs. I prefer to add my own flavoring to my meatballs. So I start with plain breadcrumbs for the most part. They're more versatile to have in the cupboard. I can always add whatever flavoring I want. And then, you know, one little note. I, I put it's, the- It's the, half a cup of pound, it's half a cup of breadcrumbs per pound of meat. Per, per pound of meat works that easily. For me, you know, I, I always use fresh ground black pepper rather than pre-grind ground stuff. It just, it's easy, it's fast, it lasts longer. The, the pre-ground stuff tends to go old and that's how I feel about all of my spices. So I've got some fresh fennel seeds here. Um, you could tell how fresh they are because they still have the flavor seal lid intact. And you know, grinding a, 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 a fresher, uh, fresh spices, is so easy that there's no excuse, especially for something where, like a meatball, where if there's a little bit of extra texture, it's completely okay. If every single piece isn't tiny, tiny, it's gonna be kind of almost adding to the quality. There's something about when your grandma made a meatball that there were little bits and pieces and that were a little inconsistent. And you know, some of the meatballs were bigger and, and, and maybe I got a whole fennel seed in mind. And it just kind of reminds me of a home cooked meal in a way that perfectly uniform herbs and spices don't. I love when, you know, the parsley has a big piece in one of the meatballs and I kind of get a little crunch. So- Hey Daniel, what, what other spices do you grind in that thing? Uh, I grind everything other than cinnamon. So I do all of my crystal methamphetamine, no. I, I grind everything other than cinnamon in here. Um, cinnamon is got such a per pervasive flavor that if you grind it in your, in your spice grinder, you know, you'll notice that you, you, it, it shines through in so many dishes. But something like this, fennel seeds, you know, I, I got this online. It's a really cool um, uh, a Scandinavian grinder. It just kind of like crushes up the herbs. A mortar and pestle is a great tool as well. 
And what I'm going to do here is. Hey, Dan. Yeah. I just want to I just want to make sure everyone's still on track. I know you said the ratio of the one pound of pro the meat to half cup of breadcrumbs to one egg, but I, I think on the recipe, I just want to cross reference here. The chicken re meatball recipe we have is says two pounds of ground chicken to half cup of breadcrumb to two eggs. So the the chicken meatball recipe we're going to use a uh, two pounds of chicken, half a cup of breadcrumbs and two eggs. After you mix it, um, if you find that the meatballs are too loose, a little bit too moist, you can always add a little bit more breadcrumbs. I like to start with a, a little less breadcrumbs than you than you, than you you may eventually need. But I, I think if you follow the recipe, you're gonna find we've had a lot of folks make it and no one's ever complained. They work really, really well. Um, we should have all of our ingredients in the bowl. We can preheat our oven at this point to 450 degrees or 425 degrees um, and get that going. And then we're gonna mix our meatballs. If you've got a, a stand mixer with a paddle, that is a great way. I don't know if you noticed that I was grinding the meat in the background, but for me, a grinder is such a great tool because I can get the grind size I want. I can grind the meat that I, where I, I know where the meat's coming from. So when I buy a chicken thigh, you know, and I grind it with the skin on, I know I've got the moisture and fat from the skin. I can grind it with a little bit of a bigger uh, a grind size. So I've got a little bit of a toothsome texture. Um, and then I, I just know that the quality of chicken that I'm getting, once it's ground up, you know, it could come from anywhere. But I, I guess we can trust our butcher at the end of the day. Um, most of us are, are forced to, but you know, grinding the other, the other thing that it uh, offers you is the ability to speed up the herb chopping. So I'll toss the herbs right in with the meat and the garlic, for instance, you could throw it right in the grinder and grind it all through at the same time. And then if you put it right in the bowl, you could mix it with the paddle in this case, we're just going to mix it with our hand. And, you know, there's a misconception uh, that you don't want to over mix the meatballs. You definitely want to mix them vigorously until they come together completely. Um, and you have one nice mix. What you don't want to do is take your time and warm them up. If the fat starts to melt, it can be an issue. What you should do is really mix them kind of vigorously. And you'll notice at a certain point, that they, it kind of comes together almost like the dough of a bread. And, um, and that's because there are proteins in the meat that, that when they work together, they start to um, work out and they stick together. So if you were to make sausage, you don't need the egg as a glue. The egg and the breadcrumb works almost like a mortar between bricks to help stick it together. It also adds moisture. But really, the original reason for adding breadcrumbs to, to meatballs was to take a little bit of meat and help them extend and go a long way so I could feed my whole family uh, if I didn't have a ton of cash. So, and Dan, yes. um, ju just confirming in that bowl, we have ground chicken, breadcrumbs, egg, parsley, salt, the ground fennel, ground pepper. Is the wine in there? I have not thrown the wine in yet. Okay. But that's not because I wasn't supposed to. <laughs> that's because I forgot. <laughs> Thank you. Did I mention See. that you're supposed to add the wine to the meatballs before you start drinking it? I don't know. Did <laughs> I mention that? <laughs> See, these people are really cooking along. I'm going to check out this gallery here. Who, who's uh, Veronica? I see you cooking along there. Shelly in the kitchen. Pam, I see all you. Hope everyone's meatballs and carrots are coming along. All yeah. Over the country. 
So where are we at? Are people kind of, uh, if you notice, uh, if you scroll through, are people caught up and should we start rolling these meatballs? Um, do we want to talk a little bit about the grind size of meat? What, what would, what, what, why don't you MC us here, Andrew? What, yeah. what, what would be best? How we doing, everyone? Show, show, hold up your, uh, the, the, the bowl of the mixed uh Ground chicken, the ground chicken mixture. I want to see how everyone's are cooking. Yeah, nice. Emma looking good. Laura looking good. Bob looking good. All right. I think people are ready to roll. Some people are just starting to roll, Dan. You know what else is really good to have? Um, just whenever you're cooking in the kitchen, just one mandatory piece that's always just makes for a good time. Peanut M&Ms. If you don't have a bag of peanut M&Ms in a drawer underneath your island, you're making a big mistake. Hey, Michael, I got a tip for you. Yeah. Put, put those peanut M&Ms in a little ramekin in the microwave for about 10 seconds. Mm -hmm. The chocolate gets soft and the, the shell is still hard. They're fantastic. They melt in the microwave. You know, I'm like a weirdo. I like to, I, I like to, uh, I savor each one. So I, I, I suck the, <laughs> the sugar coating off of each M&M. And then I get to the chocolate and then I get to the peanut. As a young man, my mother was a real hippie. We, we weren't allowed to have any candy in the house. My brother and I discovered that the, that the sweet coating on Advil's, and I remember sitting around kind of like dissolving the coating off of Advil. And then when you get to the part where the actual medicine is, it's so bitter, so terribly bitter. And so it was like a race to spit that thing out of your mouth. But, you know, I think they- um, Growing up with Daniel and going to his house, I pretty much lived in his house as a child, actually. Um, there was nothing more in his kitchen than an onion, like a clove of garlic, an avocado, and, and, and like a shallot. And then, uh, th and then there was always a Tropicana orange juice in the fridge that I used to get yelled at from his mom for drinking too much of. <laughs> My mom would take the Tropicana orange juice and she would <laughs> have a ton of cash. So she would, every time she got a new, uh, a new uh, quart of Tropicana, I don't even know if they sell quarts anymore. That's like a New York thing. Now everybody gets like a, like a five gallon jug, but she would take uh, two quarts. She would to keep the old one or half of the new orange juice in and then fill it up with water. So I grew up drinking watered down OJ. Um, and now even today, Full strength orange juice is just too sweet for me. Um, I've got I've got one of these these portion scoops, and if you have one of these, it's a versatile tool to make sure that all of your meatballs are the same size. And you can just see how easily I can roll a meatball with one of these. Um, it's just a great tool. The only thing you got to be careful for, uh, careful of, is you know making sure you clean it well, so that next time you're eating ice cream, it doesn't taste like you know chicken meatballs. Um, maybe uh, maybe separate them out. What size scoop is that approximately? Uh, this is a this is a um, uh, uh, a number twenty four. Um, like the size of a golf ball or a little bigger. What? Like the size of a golf ball or yeah, so? About or? Two ounces um, or the size of a large-ish golf ball. I'm not a golfer, but uh, it's about the size of a large golf ball. The thing about scoops is they're they're numbered number twenty four because there are twenty four scoops in a court. Did you know that? So like a number 16 is bigger because there's 16 scoops in a court and a number, number two is, you know, they don't have that, but it would be like a, like a, 
like a two cup, like a pint sized scoop. Um, Interesting. Are you agree? Is your pan greased at all? You know, no? I didn't grease my pan at some point after we, we wrote the meatball shop cookbook. Um, uh, one of the guys, this is one of the greatest innovations that happens in the kitchen all the time is, you know, if there's an easier way to do something, the guys in the kitchen will figure it out. And at some point they just stopped putting the olive oil down and I would, you know, notice. And I was like, they're going to stick. Everybody rolls their eyes. The truth is they don't stick if you don't put olive oil down. So the recipe for all the, the meatball shop cookbook meatballs says, you know, spread a couple of tablespoons of olive oil on the paint, but it's actually not necessary. Um, the one, one trick I noticed people using is uh, they dip their hand in cold water on just, just briefly, and that helps the meatballs not to stick. Chicken meatballs, you know, they can be a little, they can be a little rascals and, uh, and stick to everything. So I'm, I'm just being super gentle here. I've, I've rolled a few meatballs, but if you're having trouble and they're sticking, just grab a little cup of water and, and dip your finger fingertips in there. You'll notice it'll it'll help the meatballs to kind of roll off easily. You can also put a little bit of olive oil on the actual scoop, and that also helps release the meatball a little easier. One other thing, Dan, why don't you tell them what you're doing about uh, keeping the meatballs real nice and tight, close together? I like to line my meatballs up like good little soldiers. I feel like it helps me to notice if anybody's gone out of line. In the army, they do it, you know, because they can count them all easily and tell if anybody's tall or short or, you know, stuck in the wrong category. And uh, I do the same thing with my meatballs. I don't mind letting them touch a little bit. Um, I want to make sure that, um, you know, that that they're that they're not smushed together. Chicken meatballs have a tend to a tendency to kind of stick if they get really smashed, but I definitely like to let, line them up nice and orderly. You know, I'm a little bit of a, of a maniac in the kitchen. That's one thing that happens. You'll notice chefs are pretty, um, Hey Carlos, I got a uh, friends. Hey Dan, um, is there like a consistency people should be looking for to know if those are too wet, too dry? Yeah. You know, the thing is that a chicken meatball, Really, um, the chicken can be quite tender, and it's, if it's ground small, it can be even more tender. So if you're having a ton of trouble rolling them, that means you should add a few more um, tablespoons of breadcrumbs. But if you're able to roll them, you know, if you can kind of throw them between your hands, give them a little bit of a roll, and they're, and they're not kind of like falling on their own, that means that, they're, that, that they're, they're dry enough. And just like that, you can kind of see um, – it shouldn't be too difficult. And you notice I'm not, I'm pretty nonchalant about all this because they're meatballs. You know, if I wanted to stress out about this dinner, I would be serving, you know, I don't know, like consomme, but we're making meatballs and it's going to be okay. Even if your meatballs are a little flat or you, know, you forgot the parsley. Um, I'm going to go ahead and wash my hands really well. Cause it was raw chicken. I'm going to drop these meatballs, in my 453 oven. Um, I'm going to sanitize my workstation. And then we're going to check back with Senor Chernow because I believe he's making one of my favorite toppings for our carrots. What's up, everybody? Hey, um, hey, Senor, Senor Chernow, just confirming, should people be, people should be sticking these meatballs in the oven. Is that right? Yes. Okay. 100%. They should be sticking the meatballs in the oven. Um, the beauty of this sort of cook along is that Everybody is doing this together, right? So you're doing the carrots and then you're jumping to your meatballs. 
And this is how you should be doing it in general because vegetables tend to take anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes um, depending on the, 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 the texture of the actual vegetable. Softer vegetables obviously take less time. Harder vegetables like carrots take more time. But it's nice to be able to, 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 to get going with, it with a side or get going with a vegetable, get into your meatballs, put your, put, you know, put your carrots into the, into, or your vegetables into the oven, get going on your meatballs, put your meatballs into the oven because you're cooking them essentially at the same temperature. Um, and then dinner's done in an hour, which is awesome. All right. So uh, while I got you, by the way, Daniel, that was a fantastic job. You're just, you're, you're a magician. I love you. I'm so grateful to know you. Um, my, my, my brother in meatballs. Brother from a different mother. Yes. Although Daniel and I actually did meet through our mothers. Our mothers introduced us. I was in eighth grade. Daniel was in ninth grade. And we met on the Met steps. I was on my rollerblades. And Daniel was on a mountain bike. He was the only kid in New York City. Safety first. Only kid in New York City that wore a helmet. Only kid. Um, everybody wears helmets now, and I recommend everybody wear their helmet. However, in 1992, uh, you know, New York City. I was a pioneer. Style pioneer. <laughs> what was that? I, I pioneered the helmet style that has caught on across America. Everybody in the world has been, has been following my, my lead. That, you know, you've got a point. All right. So, small bowl, ladies and gents, all right? We're gonna take our prunes here, which we've chopped up into small-ish pieces, small pieces, okay? And we are gonna put our prunes into this little bowl, all right? We've got uh, about a tablespoon of olive oil that we're gonna add to this bowl first, okay? There we go. You can do this with a spoon. You can do this with your hand, however you feel like you want to do it. But the idea here is you get this olive oil and you coat the prunes with the olive oil. Why? Well, olive oil tastes delicious. That's one reason. The other reason is that prunes are very, very sticky. So the idea of coating them in olive oil is that a coating of olive oil covers the prune and essentially removes the stickiness. As you can see, now they've all separated, which is awesome. Um, and so now you can totally make this topping without having clumps of prunes uh, all over the place or, or, or sitting in one area. Now you're really able to like finish this dish in a nice way, all right? And Michael, could I, I just wanna um, chime in really quick, a couple of people asking. These guys, um, for everybody cooking along at home, these guys were, uh, so thoughtful that same oven temp for your carrots and your meatballs. So you could use same oven. What, what was that? I was just, I was just reiterating to the people cooking along at home that it's the same oven temp for the yeah. carrots and the meatballs. Yep. Same oven temp. Um, and you know, at the, like ultimately, you know, you're going to want to, everybody's oven's a little bit different. Um, but uh, 450 degrees for vegetables and, uh, you know, and our meatballs um, is, is kind of where we like to do it. And, and you know, with, with a high, high heat, you get a nice, crisp, sort of crunchy um, surface on your meatballs, which is really, really nice. You know, there's, there's the, 
the ongoing battle uh, between, you know, do you roast your meatballs? Do you fry your meatballs? At the meatball shop, we always roast our meatballs. Um, and the argument for frying your meatballs is because you get like a nice sear on the outside of the meat, on the outside of the meatball. However, if you have a high heat oven and you do it, um, you do it and, and you line everything up really nicely together, you still get that nice crust. Um, so it's nice and sort of crusty on the outside and really supple and easy on the inside. And, you know, our, our sort of test to a good meatball is if uh, when that meatball is served, if you can get through that meatball with the side of a fork where you can just scoop it, you cut it, cut it with the side of a fork and you don't need to literally for the first, I don't know, seven years at the meatball shop, we didn't even serve knives. Um, and that was done purposefully because we, we had this idea that if you can get, you know, you should be able to get through your meatball with the side of a fork. Um, and so that's, that's how we sort of look at it. Uh, what determines like a great meatball. All right. So you've got your, um, You've got your, your prunes and olive oil. We're going to add our mint. We're going to add our walnuts, as you can see. Got some toasted walnuts, some mint here, and um, a squeeze of lemon. And then we're just going to mix it. How are your carrots doing in there? Do you ever stir them or anything, or you just leave them and let them roast? I'm going to go give him a look and see how they're looking. Cool. And while he looks, I'll just let everyone know, you know, everyone's, uh, believe it or not, everyone's oven temperatures are different. I always suggest putting one of those thermometers that can live in the oven because your 450 may actually be 480 or your 450 may actually be 430. So if your carrots are getting done pretty quick, maybe turn your oven down a little, but just, just a heads up that, not all ovens are created equal. You know, good, good eye, soldier. These carrots are looking pretty, pretty good. I'm gonna go ahead and let these things, I'm gonna pull them out of the, I'm gonna let it cool a little bit, all right? Excellent. So check your carrots, everybody. One, um, what, what, one thing I would say about the carrots, um, you know, they can be uh, a little bit uh, uh, hard still, um, honey, because of the sugar content, caramelizes really quickly, so it gets kind of nice and brown. So give it a give it a taste, um, and if it's super crunchy, you can always add another half cup of water onto your tray and keep it cooking. Um, and if they're soft, um, but they haven't gotten the color you want, they're not really beautifully golden brown, throw on the broiler and just give them a little bit of an extra post, and they'll brown up quite quickly. Um, yeah, so those those carrots are definitely done, uh, and they look really good. They've got some amazing color on them. I'm going to pull them out of the oven. I'm going to let them cool a little bit, um, and then, uh, you know, and, and we're pretty much done. The only thing I didn't add to this, this topping is a little bit of salt. Just add a little bit of salt here, and... Uh, Do you mind showing us the tray of, me of uh, carrots? Mike? Surely. Awesome. I'm gonna take a peek around this gallery here. See how I love this. You're gonna want your carrots to look pretty much like that. Um, they've got some beautiful caramelization, some beautiful color. You see? They're nice and soft. All right, we've got no more liquid on, on, the, uh, on the bottom of this pan. And uh, 
Yeah, these things are going to be incredibly delicious. Michael Turnow, you get an A plus. That is an that is an A plus job. Mm. My gosh, that is good. Couple of people asking about sauce for the meatballs. Uh, besides getting the meatball shop sauce available on Fresh Direct or at Select Whole oh. Foods on the East Coast, any suggestion there? The deal with the meatball shop. The deal with the meatball shop is, you know. We were a customizable restaurant where you could choose your meatball, you choose your sauce. And so I don't like to push and say, you have to use tomato sauce or you have to use. The fun thing about meatball is they're really versatile. Um, you, can, you can go with your favorite pesto recipe is delicious on there. Um, a creamy, uh, um, like a Fredo based sauce works really, really well. They're easy to make and they're delicious ones on the market. Any tomato based sauce is gonna work really, really well. Um, but the reality is that, you know, with uh, with a side that's got mint and lemon and olive oil and the sweetness from the carrots, you can eat them as they are without sauce. And I think that's uh, uh, that's something that um, that people don't, you know, often think about is that if you make a great meatball from scratch with really great ingredients, they don't need any sauce at all. And they're just a delicious, unaccompanied um, treat. So. A lot of people, and we get this on a lot of a lot of classes. Everybody, a lot of people ask, you know, can you substitute this for that or that for this? Um, and we will, of course, field as many of those questions. But that's, you know, part of the fun part about cooking. Someone asking if they could add lemon zest to the sauce. Try it out. You know, see how it goes. You'll know for next time. You may have you may have created a, a delicious new dish. Someone, I see uh, Janet asking. Do you want to ask everybody how their carrots are and if they're ready to plate? We can we can actually plate this thing. How's every? I'm going to take a peek through the gallery here. See how everyone uh, how everyone's looking. Give me a thumbs up. Maybe show me your carrots. No, I see someone shaking their head. No, I see someone's done. Like we said, now not all ovens are created equal. Eric, those carrots are looking good. Ashley, those carrots are looking real good. If your carrots are done. Maybe um, maybe Michael can walk us through how to do them. If they're not done, don't sweat it. You know, it's, it's not a ton of more steps. So I don't want you to, you know, freak out if if your carrots aren't done and we move ahead. Um, we could we could give you another minute or so, but I see a decent amount of people holding up, you know, trays of carrots that are looking real good. I see Dan cleaning his kitchen. It's fantastic. Hey, listen, if you want to make um, if you want to make cooking a pleasure clean as you go because when you're done eating you want to sit down on a couch and turn on that tube you don't want to have to go back and clean the whole kitchen you know what i'm saying so do yourself a favor if i can do it on, if i can do it while I'm, while I'm yammering like this you guys can do it while you're cooking awesome hey uh this is for mike or dan do you want to dan i know you explained you know if your carrots are looking really brown, but still crunchy, do this. If your carrots are not brown, but cooked, can you do another uh, quick explanation, either one of you on that? Cause I think some people, some people's carrots are looking really dark. Some people still have a little bit of liquid in the, in the pan. And I just want to kind of give people some tips for that. Um, the idea here is that you, oh, you want to go ahead, Dan? Go ahead. You got the, you got the, you look so you, you, you want your carrots to be cooked through. You don't want to have them to be super, you don't want them to be crunchy. This is like a, you, 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 you definitely want your carrots to be past the crunchy mark, although you don't want them mush. So you want to see some color for sure. Golden brown, even, even looking like a little char on some of them isn't a bad idea. Um, 
And uh, if, if your carrots have zero color, then you're, you know, you can throw the broiler on to get them a little bit of color. Uh, and if they're super dark, well, maybe you burn them, um, which would suck, but it's okay because we're cooking together and you can always try this again. And you can put your, your oven at 425 or 400 and take it a little bit longer. Um, my carrots are, they came out, a couple of them are a little dark, but you know, they're going to be delicious. So don't stress it. And that is also the beauty of cooking, right? Like cooking is, 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 is a, is an exercise that, uh, is never perfect, right? Um, the only perfect cooking you ever have to do, unfortunately, is in pastry and it's really, pastry is very, very, very specific, but with, with, with savory cooking, unless you hammer it with salt and it's just totally inedible, you can fix almost anything unless you completely burn it to shreds. But, uh, you know, and if you do, that's okay because nobody here is like, you're not serving, um, you know, the president right now. So we're, we're all at home. We're cooking dinner together and, uh, and it's supposed to be fun. So don't, don't take it too seriously and have a good time. I am going to plate this dish, and I'm going to show you how beautiful this is, all right? So we've got a bunch of, you know, carrots here that are glazed in honey, and they are looking gorgeous. I mean, these things came out so beautiful, and they sort of, like, glisten. Um, and it's just, it's, it's awesome. So you've got your carrots here. Mm. That is good. And then you've got your topping. You see your carrots? And then we're just gonna go ahead and let this fall over the top. And you want it to sort of fall over the top and on the side and just be this big, beautiful plate here. And this is your carrot dish. And it's gorgeous. Can you guys see that? That's absolutely beautiful, Michael. That looks great. And it's just, you know, it's one of these things, like Daniel said, you know, you can, you can do this with carrots. You can do this with sweet potatoes. You can do this with, um, you know, turnips. You I can do it with almost any root vegetable. Huh? I love, throw, I love cauliflower. You know, you throw cauliflower um, on a pan when cut her, cut into smaller pieces like that, and it crisps up beautifully, and it's great with uh, you know a sweet and herbaceous kind of like lemony topping like that. Mm. Um, I, I love that. I love all, I mean, all, all of her herbs as well. This is so good. The beauty of this is that you've got your salt. You've certainly got your sweet. You've got your acid from that lemon that you put into your topping. It's just like a really beautiful medley of flavors. You've got your texture from your walnuts. Um, everything about it, you know, is it hits all the notes. It's such a great 
side dish for any occasion. Um, and it just looks really good. I mean, it just, it's just a beautiful presentation. It's a beautiful dish. I, 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 can, I don't even know how many of, of these I ate uh, as we were doing the meatball shop. Um, I used to order them all the time. And, you know, Dan would want to kill me because I was always ordering food from the kitchen. Didn't matter how many people were on the floor in the restaurant. Um, but uh, this is definitely by far and away one of my favorites. Um, and I hope you guys are enjoying it. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, that looks delicious. I hope every, I, I, can everyone, uh, did, did anyone plate their carrots yet? Can you hold them up? Let's check out some of these carrot dishes. Jonathan looking good. Paula looking good. Lizzie, nice. Tina, nice. Love it. Marcy, nice. Scott looking good. Uh, see, this is what it's all about. All of you guys now learned how to roast carrots with this beautiful topping, and then they gave you other vegetables to do, and now you you could create five, 10 different dishes from these techniques that Michael taught you tonight. All right, look at these meatballs. Woo! I am, as Mario would say, molto excited about this. This is looking pretty. Pretty, pretty delicious. If you guys have a beautiful tray of meatballs in front of you, I don't have anybody with me in my apartment. I live alone over here, so I'm gonna eat all of these meatballs tonight. I was telling Michael before he got on the, you know, on the call. I'm always proud of Michael. He's uh, he's in great shape, um, and I've always, you know, struggled to eat a little bit more than I should. But lately, I've been doing a great job. So my new trick is, you know, if I just skip breakfast and lunch. I can eat all of these meatballs right now without feeling a bit guilty about it. Um, this is really exciting. I haven't had one of the meatball shop chicken meatballs in quite some time because obviously I'm not doing a lot of traveling back to New York right now. Um, hey, Dan, can you share how people can tell um, if, they're, if they're fully cooked? So, you know, the way I tell if a meatball is fully cooked is I give it a little, a little push. And if it's firm and got a little bit of a bounce back springy, you're good. If you want to make sure because it's chicken that it's up to temperature, read thermometer um, uh, in the uh, 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 um, inserted to the center should read 165 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, but the best way to tell if it's done is um, pop it on your plate, use your fork to open her up, and look in the center. And if it's uh, if there's a, a pink center, means that you've got to cook the meatballs more. And if they're fully cooked. You go ahead and start eating them immediately. They're very hot. Amazing. I love it. Very moist. I burn myself by the way. Very moist. How are those things, D? They're my favorite thing in the world. You got to go? You're coming back tomorrow? Tomorrow. Right. You want meatballs? It's like, we're really, it's like we're really in their kitchen, everybody because we are really in their kitchen. That's the great thing about these New York City Wine and Food Festival at home classes. These are really, um, these are, they came out great. I'm really proud of them. Um, you know, if the meatballs are a little bit salty when you first eat them, uh, don't, be, don't be concerned. The salt will subside um, in, 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 a, in a, few, a few minutes. You always wanna let your meatballs kind of rest before you eat them. Um, and the best part about meatballs, obviously, leftover. 
Everybody, thank you. This was incredible. We have we have a chef on the East Coast, a chef on the West Coast. We're in Chicago, Miami, New York, and we we all cook this incredible meal. And, and that's the great thing about food and cooking. It, it brings us all together. So thank you all again for joining us. Big thanks to Daniel and Michael. Have a very good evening, everyone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Whether you just listen for fun or you actually cooked along with us, we thank you. If you did cook this recipe, take a pic and tag it with hashtag CookTracks. Let us know how it came out because we want to see it. Keep up to date with us on Instagram at CookTracks or at CookTracks.com. CookTracks is cooked up by my friends, Cappy, Ian Cohen, and Charlie DiGiello. And sometimes they let me, Rachel Ray, help out too. With editing from Joel Yeaton. Music has been composed by Jeffrey David Goldford. Please rate and review or subscribe to this podcast on your listening site of choice. Thank you for listening to Cook Tracks. We've got your back in the kitchen.